Blog Talk Radio. Hello, pet lovers, and welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. I'm your host, Marie Hewitt, and in today's program, we're going to be speaking to Sylvie Bordeaux, an angel who is helping blind dogs stay safe by providing halos to them. Confused? Don't worry. Sylvie will explain more shortly. Then, after our halftime break, Shannon Keith, the president and founder of the Beagle Freedom Project, will be stopping by to talk about her organization's rescue missions to save dogs from a miserable life and early death in animal testing facilities. This and more are coming right up after a quick message from the station here on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. Stay tuned. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. I'm Marie Hewlett, and it is my sincere pleasure to introduce our first guest of the morning. It's Sylvie Bordeaux. Good morning, Sylvie, and welcome to the Pet Place. Good morning. Thank you for having me on your show. I'm so excited to be speaking with you. I read all about this product that you designed for your own little puppy, and I just wanted to make sure all the listeners knew about it. So I'm going to start off by asking you, what is this amazing halo that you've created for dogs, and why is it important? My product is called Muffin's Halo. I have a 14-year-old toy poodle who went blind due to cataracts over two and a half years ago. And I was a desperate pet parent that wanted to help my dog because so many people were telling me I have to think about having to put him down because he was blind. And I thought that was ridiculous. And so I um, invented this product, Muffin's Halo, for blind dogs. And uh, it's a halo. It acts like a buffer, and it redirects them. So whenever they hit a hard surface... Uh, basically what it looks like is it's a three-piece device, it's a harness, and then you have a set of wings that has a halo attached to it that you attach to a dog's neck. Okay. And it acts as a buffer for them. So whenever they hit a hard surface, it signals their wings, and it just, they automatically go the other way. It's really amazing, and they get their confidence back. Oh, that's fabulous. So it's it's kind of, when I was looking at it online, it looks like it's a, a thick wire or cable of some kind and it it goes all the way around the front of your dog's face doesn't touch your dog's face at all no it's Mm -hmm. this buffer zone and yeah yeah it's like a feeler sort of if he was uh another creature that didn't didn't have eyes this is his feeler to feel around and it's exactly his feeler yes and it's actually a thin wire that's inside a tube with a water-resistant fabric. Okay. So this way, it, it does not interfere with any of their daily activities, like eating, drinking, sleeping, um, and it's water-resistant. So you, if, let's say they get some food on it, it's easy just to wipe off with a damp cloth. Wow. Now, I know this is radio, and, and sometimes it's hard to visualize the things that we're talking about. So right from the get-go, let me ask you, do you have a website that you can give out that our listeners can go to so they can take a look at pictures? Yes, it's called MuffinsHalo.com. 
oh, that's easy enough, muffinshalo.com. And your whole story is there. I was reading that early and earlier, and it actually broke my heart to, to read all that you've gone through with, with Little Muffin and and just the scary things about you have stairs in your home, and you were worried about him falling down the stairs. And, in fact, did he fall down your stairs before you created this device for him? He did. Um, a couple of years ago, I started to notice the white cloudiness in his eyes, which is the cataracts. And when dogs have cataracts, it's like a sunset. It's a gradual decline of sight, and then one day it's gone. And uh, what happened is that one day that it went, we were in the backyard, the usual place that Muffin's been going to for a very long time, and I literally saw him just walk right into the wall and fall right down the stairs. He he didn't even realize the stairs were there, and this is a a place that he's known for many, many years. And that scared me big time. Was he injured? No, he's never fallen down the stairs since. There was that oh. one time that he did. Okay. And in fact, ever since then, he's very scared of stairs, which I don't blame oh, him. Oh, poor little guy. So now you probably have, like, baby gates up and things like that. Uh, no, this now when we go outside in the yard, I just really – I make sure he doesn't go near those stairs whatsoever. I oh, have okay. him in a whole other spot that he goes to. He's not even near it. So okay. we just change the area he goes outside to the bathroom. Now, from what I and understand – And in my place, I don't have stairs. Oh, that's good. From what I understand, a lot of dogs, as they get older, develop cataracts and, and potentially could go blind. So this seems like something that everybody should look into way before the need arises. I absolutely agree with you because dogs are living longer now. And it's important for pet parents to know about this because many of them do and automatically will get the cataracts or a, a lot of the breeds are genetically inclined genetically inclined to get glaucoma or diabetes, and I'm finding out about a lot of SARDS cases, which is really scary. And SARDS is the Sudden Acquired Retinal Degeneration Syndrome, where dogs at any age, at any time, can lose their sight suddenly and completely, like overnight, which is very traumatizing for them, versus a dog who has cataracts and is having that slow decline in getting used to uh, their sight fading. Okay. Well, let me ask you this. If you use... Muffin's Halo, and that's very cool yes. that you named it after your dog. <laughs> yes, that's exactly it. Yes. What's the learning curve for the dog? Do they have some time where they have to realize what it's doing for them, or, or do they pretty much learn pretty quickly that this is helping them figure out where things are, where walls are, where hazards are that they need to adjust their direction with? Every dog is different, but I'm happy to tell you and share with you on the emails I get from people thanking me in different languages all over the world because it's Muffin's Halo is global now. Wow. Um, they adjust very quickly because, you know, when they're blind, they get very timid and scared, and mm-hmm. they're afraid to move around, many of them. And then you put the vest on, and the vest, my harness, makes them feel very cuddled. So right away they feel less anxiety. And then when you put the wings on, it's very, very lightweight, by the way, okay? Mm -hmm. Okay. So when it taps into a hard surface, they say, and they realize real quick, and then they just start going to town. It's really, truly amazing. And then they they just, and they start navigating. And what's wonderful about my product that I love is blind dogs do what we call mapping. So they, all their other senses kick in, especially their smell. So oh. they, whenever they get to a hard surface, they smell it because they want to memorize, okay, I'm coming up to something that's going to possibly hurt my head right now. So let me smell or memorize something about this area so I can proceed with caution. 
Well, so that's what's great an about interesting point because then at that point, as your as the pet parent, you need to make sure you don't start rearranging all your furniture. Oh yes, for sure. You have to leave things as is. However, with the muffins halo, they'll they'll get around it anyways. That's their it's their guide. It's their buffer. Okay, okay. But I would probably still keep all my furniture where it is, yes. so they don't have yes, to keep much remapping much and better. relearning the na- the the landscape. I absolutely agree with you. What I meant to say by that is what I like about Muffin's Halo is that I can bring Muffin to hotels and new places, and it's a new challenge for him. And you know what's great is it challenges their brain. So they're in a new place. They're like, oh, here's a new maze i got to figure out. (laughs) Oh, that's pretty cool. Hey, do you have any video of a dog actually moving about with the Muffin's Halo product on? I have many videos. They're on my website, muffinshalo.com. Oh, okay. And also I have a, a big following on Facebook, which uh, my page is called Muffins Halo for Blind Dogs on Facebook. Lots of videos and photos there, too, because I keep in touch with the, uh, all the owners that buy my product, and they like to share their stories. It's really wonderful. Wow. And you're very passionate about this, and I understand because you care so much about animals and and you don't want to see somebody just euthanize a dog once it becomes <gasps> blind. You no. have uh, been involved with a nonprofit organization called Second Chances for Blind Dogs. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Well, my dream and my life purpose now is to help as many blind dogs as possible and through my inventing Muffin Taylor, I discovered a lot of blind dogs are put down because of blindness or they're dumped in the shelters. Can you imagine an 11- or 12-year-old dog that's been with their family all their life and all of a sudden having to adjust with blindness in a cold shelter? No, it, it's, it's horrible. It's, uh, it's, I, it, it breaks my heart. So I started a nonprofit called Second Chances for Blind Dogs. I called it that because of my own personal story with Muffin. When Muffin went blind, he also had a mass in his stomach. And to make a very long story short, um, there was an incident with a particular vet who lacerated Muffin accidentally and caused him to almost die. And um, my first prototype was coming the next day, and I was extremely devastated. My story's on on my website. And so I pleaded all night with God to please, please save Muffin, and that I promised I would change my life and that we'd be advocates for blind dogs and that Muffin's life would not be in vain and to please grant us a second chance. So after three weeks of critical care, we were granted a second chance. So I've championed forward and kept my word since then. And so that's why I called it Second Chances for Blind Dogs, because I get asked a lot to donate to shelters and rescues, and I do a lot of that, but I want collectively for us to all do it. My dream would be to not have one, left, one dog left behind and in the shelter but to have them have halos so that it takes the blindness stigma away mm-hmm. and shows people, go ahead and get a blind dog. Don't be afraid. All they need is a little halo, and they can get around anywhere. Oh. And I want, to help, I want my halos to help them navigate into a forever home. That is so cool. Sometimes when and people experience things like this, rather than saying, oh, poor pitiful me, you did no, something good. No, the underdog. Watch them go. It's unbelievable. When you watch them with the halos on and you see their confidence and wagging their tail, and they get a little swagger to them, too. It's, <laughs> I could watch it for days. That is really neat. Well, I, I hope you keep up all this great work, and thank you for talking with us this morning. 
Thank you so much for letting me spread my awareness for blind dogs. It's, it's my life purpose. I really appreciate this opportunity. Thank you. I'm grateful. You are very welcome, and it's muffinshalo.com. Well, we need to take a quick break now, but when we return, Shannon Keith, the president and founder of the Beagle Freedom Project, will be checking in to let everyone know about the beautiful dogs that are killed in research laboratories when they're no longer needed, rather than being adopted out and given a chance to live a happy little companion animal life. So this organization works tirelessly to rescue as many of these animals as possible. Stay tuned to hear all about it here on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. Welcome back to the Pet Place Radio Show on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. I'm Marie Hewitt, and joining the program now is the president and founder of the Beagle Freedom Project, Shannon Keith. Good morning, Shannon. I'm so happy you could be with us today. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So I was talking a little bit earlier in the show about your organization, the Beagle Freedom Project, and I was wondering if you could tell our listeners how it all got started and what your role is. Sure, yeah. I am uh, the president and founder of Beagle Freedom Project, and in 2004, I started an organization called ARMY, which stands for Animal Rescue, Media, and Education. And it's a nonprofit organization to rescue animals in need, educate the public about different forms of animal exploitation through the media and through rescues. And it just so happened that in 2010, I received a call that there were a couple of beagles that needed to get out of a laboratory, um, that if they weren't going to be removed by a rescue organization, they would be killed. So, of course, I jumped at the chance. I've always dreamt about rescuing animals from laboratories. I just never thought that it was actually possible. So um, off I went with very little notice to get these two gorgeous beagles um, rescued and watch their first moments of freedom, which was probably the most bittersweet moment of my life. Um, They were later named Freedom and Bigsby, and they launched Beagle Freedom Project as a mission of ARMY. Now, I understand beagles are kind of the dog breed of choice for a lot of laboratories. Why is that? Yeah, unfortunately, beagles are the breed of choice for the very reason that people love beagles, because they're sweet, they're docile, they're forgiving, they're friendly. They don't bite the technicians when they're being tortured by them. They are bred specifically sometimes for laboratory research, and unfortunately, it's It's great for them because they're the perfect size. They're not too big. They're not too small. They're easy to clean up after. And, again, they're so docile and forgiving that it's very easy to work with them. Hmm. It it just makes me mad. (laughs) Because a lot of this research isn't even necessary research, is it? Correct. It's not necessary research. Many products and cosmetics are tested on beagles and other dog breeds as well, and other animals, and it's not even required by law in the United States to test these things on animals. Wow. So for vanity purposes, we're sentencing countless beautiful, friendly, docile dogs to a life of misery so that we can wear lipstick and eye makeup. Correct. Just really, it just infuriates me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then and, yeah. They, after they've done this, 
faithfully to these people who, who, oh, okay, I'm not going to go there. After they're done being laboratory animals, what happens? What happens is they're killed. Uh, the protocol is that once the testing is over, these animals are, are killed. And we have jumped in and said, hey, that's not right that after everything that they've gone through for your vanity, for your scientific curiosities, they deserve to live. Of course, we're completely opposed to research, period, Mm -hmm. but you've got to start somewhere. And you should be able to let these dogs go to certified rescue organizations so that they can actually have a life. Um, And that's what we do. That's what we exist to do. That's what we've been doing with our Beagle Freedom Bill. And hopefully, you know, we'll be moving forward in the future with with putting a stop to all of this as well. That would be fabulous. I've heard uh, one state recently just ban testing on on beagles. Is that correct? And which state is that? They, no, that's um, it's Minnesota. Okay. And uh, in May, they passed our Beagle Freedom Bill. And what the bill says is that in any taxpayer-funded institution, it is mandated that dogs and cats be released from the testing once the testing is over oh. to a nonprofit 501c3 rescue organization. Okay, that's fabulous. Well, it's, it's not perfect, but at least they get a chance of being adopted. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Wow. And, you know, if you think about, you know, how difficult it is to pass a law, um, you know, one would think, oh, this is so easy, right? It's it's so just easy. It's welfareist. It's something that you think nobody can argue with, not even the people that test on animals, because mm-hmm. the bill isn't interfering with the research. It's just saying, hey, when it's done, instead of kill them, let them go. That's it. That's all we're asking. We have been met with so much opposition. It has been uh, very trying to get um, this law passed. So we're thrilled that it passed in Minnesota, um, and then we leg- we went through the California legislature, and it got stopped. Oh. We're reintroducing it again next session. Wow. Same thing with New York. Why would it get stopped? Who who could object to this? Well, the opposition objects to it. But Um, why? On what grounds? uh, They don't have legitimate grounds, so their reasoning actually doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But what they say is they don't want anybody interfering with what they do. And we continuously say we're not interfering with what you're doing. All your staff has to do is pick up a phone and call us or call any rescue organization in your immediate area and say, hey, you know, do you have space? Can you take these dogs or cats? That's it, period. Um, But we all know what the real reason is. The real reason is they don't want to be exposed. They don't want the information out there, period. If people know, because most people still don't know that dogs and cats are still being used in research, especially for makeup and for products, that they're going to be scrutinized, Hmm. that people are going to be mad, and they should be. And that's the real reason. Well, is that also the reason why our elected officials are voting with the the companies, the pharmaceutical companies or the uh, cosmetic companies, because they're trying to help business rather than promote animal welfare? I'm sure that's something that I'm sure I'm sure there's a piece there. Yeah. Because it it makes no sense if you are simply trying to get a piece of legislation passed that says when an animal is all done being used in research, that it be placed up for adoption. I don't see how anyone could object to that. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm baffled. <laughs> exactly, exactly. How can yeah. the listeners help you with this project? Well, um, 
we're introducing legislation in other areas as well, in other states. And so what people can do is go to our website, sign our, bill, sign our petition, first of all, and then send us an email that says that they want to be involved in helping pass this legislation. And we will get back to them if we have the legislation that's going to be introduced or pending in their area with exactly what they can do. Okay, okay. That's fabulous. So, again, let's give out your website address. Sure. It's BeagleFreedomProject.org. And you have some lovely videos on this website, too, where people can see these animals who have been kept in cages all their lives suddenly feel freedom and the sunshine and grass between their toes and everything else, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Our our videos have gone viral. Um, they're just so beautiful, seeing their first moments of freedom. These dogs have never been outdoors, and just to see the sunlight and the sunshine and see the looks on their faces, it's priceless. Wow, that's making me tear up just <laughs> thinking about it. And I know there's other things that our listeners can do because they can actually choose not to purchase cosmetics and hair care products that are tested on animals. What should they be looking for when they're shopping? They should be looking for a statement on the back of any product that says not tested on animals or there are um, symbols like the leaping bunny symbol or the cruelty-free bunny symbol. Okay. Um, the easiest way to shop cruelty-free is to download our new app. We have an app that we just launched called Cruelty Cutter. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's available on iPhone right now, and it will be available on Android in about two weeks. Okay. And um, it's amazing. This app is incredible because all you have to do is scan a barcode, and it wow. instantly tells you if the product is cruelty-free or not. And not oh. only that, but you can share your results with uh, your friends and, you know, colleagues on Twitter and on Facebook. And you can also um, share, you know, your disgust um, with companies that test on animals. Oh. And we have everything pre-written for you, so it's very easy to do. So that's that's a really neat idea because once you find out one of the products that you use is not cruelty-free, then you can post about that, and that actually puts pressure on the company to change their ways. Exactly. Especially <laughs> if a lot of people start doing that. Yeah. we Since we launched only about a month or so ago, people have been doing it, and it's amazing. And you're right on, is that we're, we're collecting this data so that a year from now we can come to these companies and say, look at how many hundreds of thousands of people were about to buy your product and didn't. So, hey, it's time to stop testing on animals because <laughs> the ethics does it. They don't care about the ethics, but they will care when we show them numbers of how much profit was lost. That is true. They care about the bottom line. And uh, if you can't get to their, their heart and soul, if they have one, then you can get to their uh, pocketbook. Yep. Well, Shannon, I can't say enough good things about what you and your organization are doing, and I hope you keep up this great work. And maybe someday soon, animal testing will be something that only appears in history books. Yes, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. It is time to take our last break of the morning, but when we return, be ready for Pet Place news and events here on KJAZZ 88.1 FM.
Lee Hewitt, and it's time for Pet Place News and Events. Welcome back. This morning from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. at Marine Stadium Park, located at 5225 East Paoli Way in Long Beach, head on over to Scart's Night's Annual Pet Fair in the Park. The Pet Fair has something for everyone with two legs or four. Spectacular attractions such as the Hanna-Barbera Shaky Quakey Trailer, Owner and Dog Lookalike Contest, Pet First Aid Demonstrations, Educational Programs on Family and Pet Disaster Preparedness, Adoptable Pets, Product Giveaways, Raffles, Vaccines, Low-Cost Microchipping, Lots of Food Fun, and Things for Adults and Kids Alike. For more information, visit www.scart.us. And don't forget to check out our website at www.petplace.org to send us your comments or suggestions for the show and see what other fun animal-related activities there are on the Pet Place calendar. You can also visit us on Facebook by typing facebook.com backslash petplaceradio. Well, that's all for me today. Remember... Pets need love and a home, too. We'll be back next weekend with more of the Pet Place here on KJAZ 88.1 FM. I'm Marie Hewitt. Please stay or new to your pets and have a wonderful day.